Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family? You know what time it is. Time to jump into the Proverbs. <laughs> Ooh, Proverbs I didn't know for sure where that 25. one was going to go. It was a joke or something. Proverbs 25. And um, these are also uh, Proverbs of Solomon, which um, the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, have copied. When you look at the first kind of section of this passage, mm-hmm. ver- verses 2 through 7 specifically, it's talking about when dealing with kings. Um, and it's pretty cool. It talks about it's the glory of God to conceal things, but it's the glory of kings to search things out. As the heavens are for height and the earth is for depth, so the heart of a king is unsearchable. It says, take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. Take away the wicked from the presence of a king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Don't push your, yourself forward in a king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it's better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. Break it down. That's good stuff. Well, I think initially in the first, you know, verse, when it just talks about it's the glory of God to conceal things, when we consider what we know about the earth, about the sea, about space, versus what we don't know, mm-hmm. it's amazing what we know. It really is. It's incredible. It's to, it's beyond comprehension. Like, wow, this is so amazing. It's astonishing to think about what we don't know. Yeah. There's a stat you have written down here that says 5% of the sea is even explored. So think about that. The earth is mainly water. And yep. we know we know 5% of it. And in the 5% we do know is just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. We I mean the first time I ever went snorkeling, I remember thinking like, how did I not know this was here? Like it's almost like like for tasting ice cream for the first time. There's time. Nemo <laughs> it's like, and Dory and Squirt. It really is just a whole nother world that yeah. God made in his creativity. And it's, yeah. when, it's uh, amazing. When I was in high school, my dad's a pastor back in the Midwest, and the, something happened with their staff, and whoever was overseeing the property at that time transitioned. So my dad took on a second job for a while. Well, he and my mom agreed to take some of that money from that additional work and take the family on a vacation. So we went on a cruise in the Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. It was super cool. When we pulled up to Jamaica, I've never seen a blue that color. Like not even in a set of mm-hmm. Crayola crayon boxes. I'm like looking at the ocean going, what color is this? It is gorgeous. And at the nose of our ship, the water was 50 feet deep. And you could probably see almost all the way all down. The way, like you yeah. could see just fish everywhere so cool. and plants and rocks, all these things. At the end of our ship, the tail end, the water level dropped to 5,000 feet deep. Yeah, that's crazy. So within 100, 200 Whoa. yards or whatever it is, it went from 50 feet deep to 5,000 feet deep because we were on like a continental shelf or whatever it was. Okay. And so just to think about how big and again, beautiful that area was, yeah. comes back to verse two and it talks about it's the glory of God to conceal things. I can't wait to stand before the Lord and to have new sights and sounds and smells and tastes and things that are beyond comprehension right now. And, and really what this, this verse and the preceding verses talk about, they say it's good to seek out the things of God in the material world. Because oftentimes sure. people try to divorce the spiritual from the scientific. Yeah. And, and there are some scientists and some spiritual religious people that are out there on both extremes. But really, they should be married together, and it's a both and. Hmm. I feel like oftentimes science is more and more proving there is an intelligent design. 
and there is a yeah. creator who had a specific plan. And I just find it so fascinating and fun learning more about this. And so seek the things of God, wrestle with your questions, enjoy God's creation. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But when it comes to this, you and I have to remember we have to have a spirit of humility. Verses six and seven is talking about how the exalted, those who lift themselves up, they're going to be humbled. But those who mm-hmm. walk humbly, they will be exalted. And that's just a good reminder for all of us, no matter what season of life we're in or mm-hmm. what it is we're going through, walk in humility, walk confidently, and trust that God's going to have his way. Mm-hmm. I think about sometimes in like people's work world, there might be something going on where you know somebody is like your superior or maybe one of your peers at work and maybe that position they've you know there's something that's been unfair or there's something that's been um really difficult for you to work in the atmosphere and i think about sometimes when you you know your friends rally behind you and they're like you know you got to go you got to tell them that really you're the one doing the work or you know you're the one not this person like there's a temptation that's like hey that's what verse seven says like it's better to be told come up here than to be like to bring yourself up and say hey just so you know this guy's my point in all this is to say don't get walked on but walk in humility because time has a way of straightening these things out yes, it does. whether it's in work or family or relationships where it's like you know if someone's not pulling their own weight then there will come a time where it will be obvious and it'll, they'll say okay you know what happened here and then that's when you can speak into it but, <laughs> but i think about that sometimes because sometimes the voices around us their advice you know is so for us that we need it actually to be for jesus christ first and then for us because that's that's a good word here is actually just to keep working keep walking in humility and then and then wait because time mm. it really does time does expose all good and bad anyway the the proverb continues and it talks about kind of things like this dealing with your neighbors verses 8 9 and 10 sound like this what your eyes have seen do not hastily bring into court for what you will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you Hmm. and your ill repute have no end. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like, don't rush into something hastily here. What's going on? If my neighbor wrongs me, I'm going to go get him. We got really rough neighbors. We do have really rough neighbors. Pastor (laughs) Ken. Slash Uncle Ken. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's a joy to live by them. But um, what, what this is a saying here is don't go to court. And when it becomes an issue amongst Christians, it says, figure it out yourself. And so on one Mm -hmm. side, it's that Christians should be spiritually mature enough, uh, emotionally mature and spiritually mature to be able to handle conflict in a godly way. Mm -hmm. And so there's that. On the flip side of things, there are like the logistical things. Eventually, court costs an insane amount of money, and it's going to drag your reputations through the mud. And at the end of the day, the judge is going to tell 12 other normal people, just like you and me, to determine Wait, the outcome. what do you think about this? So why yep. would you not try to figure this out within the Christian community, within the elders or mentors, mentorships, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Because tabloids and public news outlets, they desire these these stories and then just blow them up because they need clicks. Yeah. And obviously, the last couple of years, there have been some scandals within like the Christian church at large that have gone viral and had now been made into documentaries and all that stuff. And so on one sense, what those people did was definitely wrong. Um, and my, my heart there is like, that's just totally misrepresenting like who God is and who the Christian right. church is. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. Um, but we need to cut that off, walk in repentance in humility and not give the world something to talk about. 
no scandals here. Mm. Just walk in purity, keep it in the light so that God is, at the end of the day, uh, clearly represented. When people read the yeah. Bible, they oh, yeah. look at us and go, oh, yeah, this, this makes sense. Like, you guys right. aren't that hypocritical. It's, you're trying to live it out. And when you do make a mistake, you're, you own it. And I think that that's winsome. I think that's when it, even if it, you know, it it's difficult and it might be like awkward or hard to walk in. I think that's where there's like tons of growth. And I'm just thinking you're, you're kind of bringing up bigger examples. I'm just thinking of small, Jesus talks about this in the sermon on the Mount when he says like, if you have something against your neighbor, leave your offering at the altar and go figure it out. Yeah. And so I just think about that where sometimes, you know, there years can go by and it, maybe it's somebody in your life that you see often or, or, or maybe it's not as often, but you both know like the tension that's there mm-hmm. and that's not peace. That's not actually walking in peace. That's not being a, you know, a peace. That's trying to be a peacekeeper. Like I'll just, I'll just keep quiet. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm not a peacemaker. Big difference between a peacekeeper yes. and a peacemaker. And so good word. That's a, that's really, really good in the Proverbs here. Let's keep going. Yeah. So verses 11 through 15, it kind of starts talking about rulers and again, how our words are being shared. Verses 11 and 12 are interesting because it deals with the timing of our words. It says a word fitly mm. spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Mm. And so it seems that there are times you could hear um, a word of advice from somebody and you would think, hmm, that's, that's solid. That's interesting. But there comes a later time in your life when maybe some kind of circumstance or situation arises and you hear that word and it just is magnified times a thousand. And you're like, this is, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Sure. And so as Christians, we use discernment and, and sometimes we, we should, we should always think before we speak, but <laughs> good. finding ways to, and timing to bring about blessing and instruction and guidance. And it's just like, right when someone walks off the stage of teaching or given some, um, lesson, like that's not the time to walk up to them and go, Hey, you know what? I don't agree with you here, here, and here. And here's where I think you're wrong. It's like hit pause. The person's exhausted hit them up later on for a coffee and bring up your questions and your, your thoughts. Same thing with like a kid coming off of a soccer field or a basketball right. court. They're tired. They're exhausted and go, here's what you did wrong, buddy. Is wait for yeah. the right time to bring about um, the correction. And I think there's always a place to bring up blessing. I don't know if there's yeah. ever a wrong time to bring a blessing and encouragement. Yeah. Always do that. Um, and so think through yeah, what that time might be and maybe what the other person's going through mm-hmm. as you're ready to bring the word. But verse 13 is kind of odd. Um, it took me a little bit to sit with it going, what's it talking about here? Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Like the cold of the harvest seemed odd. And when I looked at it and studied it, there's actually mm-hmm. another proverb that was known in the Jewish circles that day that was not in the Bible. And that proverb talks about how there was a man hmm. who died of heat and harvest. And Ooh. basically it's saying like, here, imagine how refreshing a drink would be that mm-hmm. was cooled by the icy snow when the farmer is super hot in the time of harvest. And basically what it's saying is how refreshing is it to have a message successfully delivered? Like this is great yeah. news. Like not only is the message received, but it's heard, accepted, and applied. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's alluding to when it comes to the gospel. Whether it's the prodigal son in verse uh, Luke 15, the celebration, like yeah. my son's come home, let's rejoice. 
or whatever it is. It's like, hey, celebrate when the good news has landed on a soft heart because uh, there's rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents. Mm. And uh, that's definitely a refreshing thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is, that's a really good picture. I feel like it fits. I'm glad you explained it because I feel like it fits actually like really well when you're talking about like words and how they're spoken. And then I feel like the picture is actually like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Um, 14 kind of takes it past words and goes to actions like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. And so it's kind of like just a total misrepresentation, this picture of someone. A bait and switch. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, and some of you might understand this, like, you know, when someone offers help or, you know, I'll be there or yeah, count on me. And then, and then nothing. And then they don't show up. I think that's one of those things where I, you and I have just kind of like really tried to focus and zone in on who does show up Yeah. because then it's like, Oh, praise God. We still remember when we moved, I was pregnant with Cal. We moved to the corner house and we just kind of put out like, Hey, you know, we don't have to move far. It's only like two houses. So if anybody's willing, you know, this afternoon, um, a couple weeks away, if anybody's willing to come and help this afternoon, we would totally take you. And so random people showed up. We had pizza. And out of the blue, the Spanish senior pastor, Pastor Richard, shows up. And he responded. He, like, came to help. He's like, hey, I'm here. And I just think about that. You know, sometimes we take ourselves and we're we're so high. Our schedules are so important and we have things to do. Yeah. And so just it was celebrating I, I that he showed that up. I remember day so vividly. <laughs> There's there's a thing in the world, ladies and gentlemen, let me teach you. It's called old man strength. Old man <laughs> strength's a real thing. I experienced this as a young man playing basketball. I'd been in the weight room, oh, I'm yeah, hitting the weights, you know, funny. getting super strong and buff. And you play some old dad, and by old dad, forgive me, I mean like some forty or like 50, fifty now. year old yeah, yeah <laughs> some thirty four year old guy. That's funny. And and they don't have an eight pack, they don't have veins popping out of their biceps. And then they just throw you around. You're solid. <laughs> well, Pastor Richard walks in, and me and two other interns were trying to shove this piano across the front living room. <laughs> and uh, and we're sitting there eating our pizza, and all of a sudden I hear like this, squeak, squeak, squeak. And I look over, and Pastor Richard just grabs the thing like four feet wide and just drags it all by himself across the room to the mm-hmm. corner spot and then just walks over and grabs a water and a piece of pizza and sits down. I'm like, oh my goodness, old man strength. (laughs) That's right there. He did it. In the flesh. Oh my. Great guy. Really loves the Lord and is a deep well. I really appreciate him. So Um, true. Yeah. With it, let's keep going. Verse 15 is kind of changes scene a little bit. It says, with patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. What what he's saying here now, when it comes back to your words, is self-control, patience, dedication, gentleness will go a really, really long way. Yeah. I remember I was preaching on Sabbath uh, a while back, and mm-hmm. I was studying William Wilberforce, who helped abolish slavery in the British Empire. And one of the things that he talked about was how, one, he kept Sabbath, and that allowed him to, to live a sustainable mm-hmm. life when he was going up against what seemed to be a brick wall, just coming at it, right. coming at it, coming at it, trying to get rid of this evil, evil thing. And in it, too, you pay attention to how he spoke. When he spoke to people who actually at the time believed slavery was okay, he spoke kindly and mm-hmm. strongly and, and still gently presenting like what the scripture said and why this is not okay. Mm-hmm. This is like inhumane. 
and he just continued this. I think uh, Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King in America. I think uh, pregnancy centers here and pro-lifers, now that the reversal of Roe v. Wade has happened, there are people who are speaking kindly and in love, not shaming, Mm. not condemning, trying to bring about real long-lasting change. And I'm hoping that those words by the Spirit's power will fall on soft hearts, especially people who disagree with what the Scriptures say, might be moved to see maybe there's a better option here. And maybe the Bible and the kingdom of God, and most importantly, the way of Jesus has some validity to it and are open to checking it out. Yeah. That's good. The Psalm, or the Proverbs continues here, kind of headed back to dealing with neighbors. <laughs> good and bad Talk about them neighbors. <laughs> and so it's, it's helpful though. I think it's really good. So I'll read it 16 through 20. If you have found, if you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your full of it and vomit. Mm, <laughs> Just yum. good basic stuff. <laughs> Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Ooh, that's <laughs> a man who right bears there. false witness against his neighbor is like a war club and or a sword or a sharp arrow. Trusting in a treacherous man in a time of trouble is like a bad tooth, ouch, mm. or a foot that slips. And verse 20, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda which is not a good reaction i actually think this is really good oh yeah it's interesting and the language kind of makes me laugh but i mean so initially verse 16 just talking about self-control you know how too much of a good thing even honey I, i love honey too much of a good thing is a bad thing and so that, you know, don't do that. And so we think about that sometimes in proximity. Do you, do you have anything in your life where a, a good thing became a bad thing? Like specifically with food? I know you do. I, I have don't. two things. I've had things where a bad thing was a bad thing and I got sick. Like oh. I was like food poisoning or something. Oh, there you but. go. Oh man, I had peanut butter and jelly and pumpkin seeds get ruined for me for like all my childhood. I had a bad, I must have bad jelly or something. I don't know. But I got sick after eating a PB and J and I was like, I will not touch that with a 10 foot stick. Don't do it. And then pumpkin seeds too. God. Like you just ate too many. Yeah, I think so. I ate a lot. I still eat a lot. But that happened to one of my cousins. He, oh, and on man. Like, super fun. We'd hang out like Christmas, like all of Christmas break, we'd be together. Yeah. And then it was New Year's Eve and it New Year's Eve was just like an excuse, I feel like, for everybody just, hey, bring your leftovers from Christmas. <laughs> bring like appetizers, dessert. Eat and drink, whatever you want. There Literally. You go, as and much so as you want. He was like eight or something and had, I'm pretty sure, half the pan of this like fudge, this like homemade fudge and just lost it. Like we're all trying to stay up till midnight uh, and he's just sick in the back. Anyway, uh, too much of a good thing, still a bad thing. Yep. And then verse 17 and 18 kind of is, is like, is 17 it's kind of like that too like just don't overstay no limits no boundaries my mom said this to us do you remember this so my mom when she came years ago when one of the kids were born or something she was like well you know guests they can just be like fish on your on your doorstep you know after two or three days after three days they definitely need to go they start smelling bad and i'm like mom maybe for some guests other people but not my mom yeah like, nana what? we need you here she's right like now. no you guys are good <laughs> oh my word but uh, it's interesting no we need because your that's, help here. that is true i think one of the things is just like just think kindness like when when you say you're gonna be there like 
earlier in the Proverbs, be there. When you say you're going to leave, leave, you know? And so I think it's just really good. Before we move on, I do want to hit verse 20 because I feel like this is another one that's actually like, hey, if we did this, this would actually be a big gift. It doesn't make sense, but I want to break it down just a little bit. Yeah. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. And why I bring this up is because often, especially in the Christian community, when someone has a heavy heart, So when someone is grieving or when something's going on in their lives, often I think this, and I do think with good intentions, folks will kind of try to jump in and they'll try to offer, like this says sings a song, but they'll try to offer something that just isn't helpful. Yeah. And over and over and over again, whether it's from personal experience, whether it's from stories inside of the church or whether it's from psychologists, the most powerful thing you can do for someone who has a heavy heart that's going through something is just be there. It's not even often saying anything. It's just your presence. And I think people oftentimes speak out of their own insecurity and just being uncomfortable in the moment. Like again, the heart is desired. I want to love you. I want to comfort you. But when people are crying and are just really experiencing a season of torment, you know, like I don't know what to do. So I'm going to tell you about the time it happened to me. And I've done this. Yeah, it's not always that helpful. So I think, I think you know, hey, let's just really take the Bible as word here, folks, and, and let's show up and let's be there and just be there. Yeah. You know, and then and then when they do need something, then, then we can chime in or we can help or we can, you know, bake a casserole or whatever it is. Or maybe bake the casserole anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's hey, keep going. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of verses and we'll wrap up here. Uh, verses 21 and 22, it says, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heat burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. Ah, uh, yes. You read that, you're like, wait, what? Well, the, the, our nature is to hate our enemy. The Bible says you're to love your enemy. Don't hate them. And then so when I read this whole deal about heaping of coals, I'm like, wait a second. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, there's actually multiple interpretations. One Mm -hmm. interpretation in this culture at the time it was written was maybe your neighbor needs to have coals to start their own fire. With that, they'll stay warm. With that, they will cook their own food. The one that I adhere to more is the second one, and that is it will be a burning conviction will be placed on your enemy. And hopefully then the death of an enemy becomes the birth of a friend. And so as you heap coals on them, it's like, hey, destroy this wall that's between you and start something new, a friendship. And one of my favorite stories, you know, if you're like the Corver family, you have like the key stories that are told and retold like yes. when you get together. So we've got those. Then you got a couple others that pop up every you know couple years and one of my favorites growing up was when my uncle chris was at a, i think it was a laundra middle school yeah he was getting punked by these bullies who were way bigger than him and so he, he got chased home one day and he's like what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to do and my grandpa pastor harold said when you go back to um, recess tomorrow and you're the captain and you're picking teams pick the biggest meanest one to be on your team first and it also helped that my dad who uncle chris's older brother was around. And so he went and just ran laps around Alondra that day just to keep an eye to see during recess if something did go down, he would step in to help Uncle Chris. But sure enough, it came time for recess. These guys are trying to punk and beat up Chris. He picks this dude to be on his team and it shocked everybody. And they're like, what is this guy doing? And it's from that point in time, that day going forward, yeah. they actually became buddies because of that. And it's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. you heap coals on your enemy's head and your enemy is gone and now you have. A friend. a friend. And so think about ways you can love people who really annoy you. 
and uh, who knows what God will do with that. Um, just as we wrap up and land the plane here, verses 27 and 28, similar thing when it comes to honey and food. He says, it's not, it's not good to eat too much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. Overindulgence is bad. Walk in humility, bad things. Um, too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. And lastly, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. If we lack mm-hmm. self-control in every area of life, it leads to pain and brokenness. So whether it's your food or your drink, whether it's your body and it's sex, or it's work and money, or it's relationships and people around you or entertainment, ask mm-hmm. God to give you wisdom for self-control. And ask that God to be glorified in it. So, friends, thank you for joining us for this chapter of Proverbs. Stay tuned for many more to come. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.